dude, I got asked for like, uh, man, uh, all kinds of weird, you know, can you make announcements about some guy just had a heart attack? He needs, you know, does anybody have this medication or whatever? You know, all kinds of weird, <laughs> weird things like that. And that would happen all the time, man. What's up, humans? On today's episode of Windy City Joes, we talked to a very incredible human being. His name is Mike from Mike in the Moon Pies. Um, they're out of Austin, Texas, kind of, because they're like, originally though. Originally from Austin, Texas. Um, they've been around. They are the best. He is the coolest. He has the coolest sunglasses. And get up or wear get up wear get up. Yeah. Is that trendy? No. Like, do you think people will understand what I'm saying by the words yeah, get, get, get up? You know what I mean? Uh, no, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't. Um, he's got a great He wears very cool clothing. Sense of style. Yeah, he has good style. And good music. Imagine that. Yeah. Hand in hand right there. Yeah. Two great things. Better than this intro. Better than uh, the way we dress. Look, I'm wearing, like, board shorts and a hoodie. Look how pale my thighs are. My... Dude, like my tan lines go to here. We're losing focus. Um, yeah, sorry. Mike and the, the Moon Pies, they will be at Windy City, City Smoke, Smoke Out August 4th or 5th. No, the 4th. Or 6th or the 7th. I None know they're the performing. Days. Check I think, the website. You can get your tickets now. You can follow them at Mike and the Moon Pies, and you're going to love this episode. Also, they have really cool merch, but don't buy the green hat because I have to buy the green hat first. Okay, thanks. Bye. What's your favorite, like, sweet, sweet? tooth like kind of go-to snack or top three if you have a couple man you know I, so i first off i don't really like moon pies oh. okay <laughs> <laughs> that kind of gross um i don't know i'm like old school man i'm like snickers kit kat kind of dude like mr good bar dude like just straight like peanuts and chocolate like i'm a simple man <laughs> when yeah. it comes to candy <laughs> yeah no sn snickers are always uh, clutch because they satisfy your hunger and if you're pissed off and you know need to fill up your tummy Snickers yeah, has got your back my favorite is Kit Kat so I agree Kit, dude Kit Kats are great I mean like Snickers are great for me because generally I'm not going anywhere for a while <laughs> <laughs> have, have you ever talked to the guys about changing your name to Mike and the Snickers or Mike and the Kit Kats <laughs> we've talked about a lot of name changes but those no, no more snack references I think so how did like how did the moon pies eventually like come to be? Um, I started it in 2007 as like a we were doing like country covers from the 90s and we, we started doing you know we were doing like four hour dance hall sets all the time and um, the moon pie thing just kind of hit like kind of the right mood of what we were doing you know that Tracy Bird song uh, it's like uh, lifestyles of the not so rich and famous. Yeah. He does like that. He references RC Cole and a moon pie. And like, we were kind of playing like a lot of those nineties country covers from that, from that time period. So I kind of thought that it would sell what we were doing a little bit. Yeah. Um, and people remember it, but we're not like really into the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, well, we are, we love it. Like it's, yeah. it's fun. And like, it's catchy to say too. Cause you're like, Oh, who's playing today? Mike and the moon pies, Mike and the what? You know, yeah. it's like, who? <laughs> So it yeah. definitely like catches your ear. Um, and then like going back to, I guess, the the beginning, uh, you said you started off as a cover band and you're playing in a couple of honky tonks. Were you playing in like a honky tonks as in when I think of honky tonks, I picture Roadhouse and Patrick Swayze and like those kind of bars where the bouncer won't just kick you out. They'll like stop your face and then beat you up. Or am I picturing the completely wrong place? 
No, I mean, that's right. That There's a few of them like that. Like, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of good bar fights, you know. Um, I've, I've done a chicken wire show where they put oh, chicken wow. wire in front and people throw stuff at you. Um, so we were doing some of those and then we were doing like the traditional dance hall thing, like the broken spoke in Austin. And, and a lot of, there's a lot of old halls in Texas that are like legendary. They used to have like a dance on Sundays or something like that. Once a, once a week or once a month. And a lot, there was kind of at that time in 2009, 10, there was a big revitalization, like save the Texas dance halls. So like uh-huh. Asleep at the Wheel would do it one night and Dale Watson would do it one night and we would do it one night. You know what I mean? There was kind of a few bands that were just making that dance hall circuit around Texas. So we were doing a lot of those old, really old halls where they only have one concert a month or something like that. You know, and it was just full. It just people come out just to dance. They bring their whole family and that kind of thing. I'm jealous because those are usually my like our types of favorite spots. Like we love dives. We love hole in the walls. You know, where people there there's either dollar bills on the wall or people are signing it with their names and like those are those are the best because there's just so much history to it well yeah man and and around here you know it, we're saturated with them you know i mean I, we started out at a, literally a place called hole in the wall like that was our first we had a monday night get monday night at midnight for like three years what? i can't even imagine doing a starting a show at midnight on a monday now but <laughs> But I mean, the, like hole in the wall, the place here in Austin called the White Horse is where we moved to after that. And we would just do them as residencies, man. So we would be there, you know, every Thursday we're at this place. Every Wednesday we're at this place. Every month, you know, everything was a residency for three or four years. What's well, um? So you said you uh, like you played uh, like chicken wire shows and all that. I guess back in that time period, like the of the early years, the beginning years, like what's a, what's a story or like a weird event that occurred while you guys were playing um or maybe even just the venue itself where like you're like i can't believe we actually had a successful show like at this particular place well pretty much all of them back then (laughs) 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 i mean you know like i said we've seen a lot of bar fights i mean i've seen a guy get you know what we used to do during bar fights was my favorite thing is we would never stop so like we would try to find a themed song like one time uh this this guy had oh okay I tell you one one time a guy had a, a heart attack in the in the middle of the dance floor and we weren't stopping but the fireman came to like get this guy in a car like fireman and EMS and we played the fireman by George Strait like while it was all <laughs> happening you know, I mean we always tried to just keep on going and I, dude I got asked for like uh man uh all kinds of weird you know can you make announcements about some guy just had a heart attack he needs you know does anybody have this medication or whatever you know all kinds of weird weird things like that and that would happen all the time man it was it was great sometimes it still does yeah um so you're are you guys still based in austin yeah we say that i mean nobody in the band kind of during the covid time everybody went their separate ways i mean uh a bunch of guys moved back down to south texas where they're from um I'm, I've got a place in Liberty Hill, which is about an hour and a half north. So I think only one guy actually lives in proper Austin now. Okay. Um, but we do we do our, our bus calls and stuff in Austin and New Braunfels. And, um, you know, we're, we're all still local. We all still meet here to leave. What, um, what was going on with Mike and the Moon Pies when COVID hit and you weren't lead, allowed to leave your house? Like, where were you guys? Where was the band and what was going on? Um, we were, you know, we, everybody, like I said, kind of went back home so I, I stayed here at my house those guys went down to south texas we were i mean we were coming off the road for we had done i don't know 200 and something 250 oh dates that year like 
it was kind of a welcome break to me. We were about to go to Europe and that got canceled. Like, I mean, we were about yeah. to go to Europe like two weeks after the shutdown. Oh, wow. So everything just killed it for us. So we, we were um, kind of working on that Gary Stewart record before COVID started. And so at that point, we all just ordered, like, I bought, a, I bought this laptop I'm on now and like some new microphones and stuff for the house. And everybody bought like a home recording rig. And we kind of just spent all that time, everybody recording stuff for that record and then sending it back to each other. And then everybody was just kind of working on their houses, dude. I mean, I've remodeled my entire house and my Zach, our steel player, built a place. I mean, we all just kind of, you know, figured out who we were <laughs> again for a minute. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to stay busy somehow. Yeah, dude. It was great, actually. <laughs> so compared to like the years of on the road uh, to the year of COVID or year and a half, whatever, songwriting in particular, did you happen to write like... <clears throat> 300 more songs than usual or were, or did you keep busy like doing other things and kind of write the same amount or like, how is that? I definitely wrote more. I don't really write on the road. So it's, it's hard for me to do that. So I generally write at home anyway. Um, but it was kind of a flip for me. Uh, I have a, I guess then he was four, I guess he's three, he was three and a half, four. My, my little son was uh, about that time. So I was spending a lot of time with him like during the day and I kind of would come out to my little studio, like where I am right now to write at night. Um, but I definitely, my songwriting process changed, you know, and I was thinking about different stuff, obviously, but um, I spent a lot more time reworking things. Like I spent a lot of, a lot of time over evaluating things, the songs that I was writing. Okay. So I maybe wrote a little bit less to the same amount, but I was really concentrating on perfecting them more. You know, most of the time I would write, I'd get it in a spot where I was pretty happy with it. We would go in the studio and work out the rest of it. But here I'm writing and I'm listening to it again and again and again, and I'm changing everything. So I think I just spent more time on about the same amount of songs. Gotcha. Okay. That. So yeah, you're just like you, I guess earlier before you would perfect your craft in the studio with the band, but now you're just perfecting your craft alone. And then. You pitch it to the guys. I came I came into the record process for the one to grow on record with much more thought out ideas and songs. You know what I mean? I had about the same yeah. amount of songs, but I'd spent a lot more time getting exactly what I wanted out of them. Now, have you always been a writer? Like at a young age, were you just writing continuously or like when did writing music start to become like a real thing for you? When I was a kid, when I was, you know, like 10 years old, 10 to 14, I was trying to write. And I was, I was writing, I was listening to nineties country, you know, I mean, I was, I was writing stuff like that. And, uh, after that, when I moved to Austin in 2002, I kind of slowed down on the writing thing and started working on just learning how to make records. And I didn't really write for a few years. Um, and then once I, once I kind of got that out of my system about having like the studio, I had a home studio and I had little bands coming in and recording stuff like that. And then I got back into writing cause I was kind of tired of that. I wanted to play more. So I got back into writing and I fell right back into where I was before, where I was writing kind of the 90s, 80s country feel stuff. And so I kind of built the band based on just the songs that I had started writing again. But since then, since 2007 or so, I mean, I've, I've just been constantly writing. Do you, um, should, to be honest, I had a question and it completely left my brain. <laughs> Oh, um, you were, so you're talking about, uh, you don't write on the road. You only write at home. 
do you just write in your studio or do you like, is there a place that like you might walk to like around your house that kind of gets you in the, in the mood to write or does an idea pop up and then you go into the studio and start writing? Like how does the actual process work when that idea comes to you? Yeah, it's usually like an idea or a hook will pop into my head and I'll usually make a voice memo out of my phone or something like that. It happens a lot to me at night um, and I'll be in bed and have to wake up and record a voice note or something like that. And then I'll, then I'll, try to flesh that idea out later in the studio. Um, and I like writing out here. It's, it's, I like writing in my house when no one's there, but that's hardly ever <laughs> the time <laughs> yeah. where there's no one there. Um, so, I mean, I would prefer to do it, you know, more freewheeling and just whenever it comes across, but you know, I'm, I'm married with a kid and have all of this things going on here. So it's hard to do it like I used to, where it was just like, man, I could sit down at any moment that I got the idea and 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 flush out this song but now it's more like i have to have the idea and then i'll carve out some time sometime down the line to to finish it up what's uh so far um that you guys have out what's your favorite song that you've written man it, it changes all the time i mean right now um hour on the hour probably is i think the best song that i've written right now i mean steak night's probably my favorite song my favorite songwriting that i've done but just the hour on the hour thing for me is my favorite song with the production of it and the way that it came out exactly how i wanted it in my in my head so i think that's the most like that's my that's my favorite song that's come to a total fruition of of what it's got everything it's got everything that i wanted in the bridge like i don't know everything that i imagined about that song came out the way i wanted it to um but as far as just songwriting itself and the idea of the song, probably Steak Night at the Prairie Rose is my favorite one because I think it mostly and it's the most true encompassing of my life song that I've, you know, the most honest song I think I've ever written. Is it, is that easier for you? Like to write um, instead of like trying to, I guess, um, like make up a story and I guess like trying to portray with what you're saying with uh, like other characters or something and then compared to strictly like writing from the heart and like your emotions, like do you think writing like honestly or honesty is easier than trying to make up a story and elaborate what you're feeling? If that, that was a terrible question and it didn't make no, any I got sense. You. Yeah. I didn't know I, if I had to call an ambulance for you or me. I know. I, was, <laughs> I think you know what I'm trying to say. I got, I got you, man. Uh, you know, the honesty songwriting thing is, it just comes faster. Like, okay. You know, I mean, like I like songs that I can write in under five minutes. You know what I mean? Like songs that I don't really have to think about or get on rhyme zone and look up rhymes for some word or, or, you know, I have a book of idioms that I just sometimes just like flip through an idiom book and see what I can make out of a couple of those, you know, and those are where I'm like struggling to make a story out of, but the honest, the, the ones that are just like, I'm speaking about what I know, those songs come out faster. They just, they write themselves, you know what I mean? So to me, that's kind of, I lean that way just because it's, it, I don't know if it's easier, um, but I don't know. The ideas just come a little bit quicker to me than trying, like I'm trying to write one right now that's completely a farce, like just a, a, a storyline about like a, you know, some guy running from the DEA or something. Right. But like, I'm having a lot of trouble with that because I don't, I never run from the DEA. <laughs> yeah, right, not yet. Yeah, not yet. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, you know, I'm trying to, write a movie in my head, you know? So it's a lot easier, I guess, for me, yeah, to just write what I know. If, um, if you could be a, if you could be a fly on the wall 
and you could listen to three musicians, artists, songwriters put a song together themselves. So, so these three artists are working on one song. Who would who would you want to like listen to and hear how their brains work? Um, Jerry Jeff Walker. Um, just because I I don't know how he he just it just something happens to him <laughs> happens to him where it just naturally I don't know man he could just say whatever's on top of his head and it sounded cool or had some sort of deeper meaning or something I don't know so Jerry Jeff Walker um Willie Nelson because the same thing with him he's he's t- he says that he never has sat down to write a song like like I'm gonna sit down and write a song today it's just uh it, it just, just like kind of comes to him okay. exactly it just happens to him Wow. Um, so that one. And then um, I don't know. I'd really like to see uh, Tom York write a song. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like to see how Radiohead does that. <laughs> yeah. Or Wilco or something like that. You know, like Jeff Tweedy would be a good one, too. Sorry, that's four. No, I mean, that's that's OK. You know, rules are rules are made to be broken. So it's <laughs> fine. I don't take it as a fence. That would it. That'd, yeah. be, that'd be an interesting room. Yeah, that <laughs> Jerry Jeff Walker, and Tom York, <laughs> Willie Nelson, and Jeff Tweedy. That's a dream room, dude. <laughs> <laughs> be, yeah, there would be a lot of smoke in that room, even just from <laughs> one of those guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> You'd be like, "Wait, hang on, I can't see one of them." Right. <laughs> Who is that over there? He's <laughs> swimming through it. Exactly. Um, it's ironic though, because that smoke out, you're going to be sharing the stage with Mr. Willie Nelson. So that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's gonna be there too, man. It's cool. Have, uh, like, what um, what experiences I guess have you had in Chicago, if any? Um, I did a few years ago, man, quite a few years ago. Uh, we opened for The Departed at Joe's on okay. Weed, um, which I think that that was a pretty rad show. Like that was my first time, I think, in Chicago. I'm pretty sure, uh, and uh, I think that was the first show. Because I think famously, Ragweed played like their last show ever, I think, maybe at Joe's or something like that. Something close to their last show. And I think this show that I was on with Cody Cannon and Departed was the first show for Cody to be back in that room since that last show. So it was a really, oh wow! it seemed like a pretty special night for those guys as well. So that was a really awesome experience. Um, and I just, I love, I love Chicago, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm a Wilco fanatic, dude. So I'm like all about. <laughs> and then uh, I've done uh, I've done Fitzgerald's um, once or twice, maybe. Um, okay. Little bar outside of town, yeah. um, like Reckless Kelly does it a lot, and I'm friends with some of the people that uh, are running that place. So, um, dude, I don't know. We just have a good, great time in Chicago, dude. I I've never had a bad bad night in Chicago. Do you um? So do you prefer performing like uh? I I look at it as like two different seasons. Like there's festival season, and then inside venue season which concert is just season, a regular you know, like, yeah regular concert so do you prefer festivals or do you prefer venues or is it kind of a mix of both uh it's a mix of both I, I like i like doing festivals but generally i find i like doing festivals because of the social aspect of it like there's more you know i have usually have we have other friends that are playing festivals you know festivals are like kind of a musician reunion it seems like all the time like that's oh, okay, that's yeah. what that's what i dig about it is i get to see people i don't see all the time so people that we don't play shows with all the time um, and I like having built-in festival crowds <laughs> too. That's, that's, that's a nice. great yeah. aspect. Of festivals. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, my bread and butter 
at least with with this band is is like club shows and like we yeah. play you know we're a country band but we i just want to play rock bars dude like i want to play like little square black boxes with 300 people in them like that's kind of where we we really shine well and i feel that's like what it, i was in, gonna ask next yeah. is like the size like the you know like do you prefer the smaller more intimate or the bigger one um, um I, I like mid-range venues like any like three three to eight hundred is like a really cool night yeah i mean like it just because I want people like right up on the stage, you know. Yeah. I want people like really up front. It's it's hard to do a show. Like I have to do like we just played Billy Bob's here in Fort Worth, and like it's a huge room. It's like six thousand capacity room. Oh, um, but like it's it's seated, so there's people sitting. You know, it's it's hard to get reciprocation from a crowd uh, when you're when you're in a big room or if people are sitting down. Or and they're all just like sitting that. the whole time. Well, I mean, you yeah. and but as an, like you, you feed off their energy, so that Absolutely. would make complete complete sense. Yeah, man, it's you know, I I love doing like I say, I love doing rock clubs just because there's nothing there but a stage and the band. You know what I mean? Like it's just I have full undivided attention. I don't have there's not it's not a sports bar. There's not TVs everywhere. Like right. I just like very s- sterile rooms <laughs> that yeah. we can do yeah. whatever we want to in. Where you know? People get loud, sweaty, and drunk, and that's you know. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, will you do me a favor? And I hope you say yes. When you are here uh, in Chicago at Winnie City Smokeout, can you please tell me that these are going to be available for purchase? <laughs> yes, yes. I think both of them will be definitely the rooster one. I just sold out last week of the green one. No, but that's the one I I'm ordering. I'm ordering more. I'm ordering. Okay, more. good. I love I love the green one. He loves I love the rooster yeah, one. Yeah. I was like I love the colors. It, the rooster on it alone. I mean, we have a uh, our rooster oh, yeah. back here. Go to my angle. We can't see it. Can't see. I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> yeah, they, he's our mascot. Uh, this is Indy. We take him to the Indy 500 every year down in Indy. Awesome. <laughs> so we. We uh yeah we go to the five hundred and we just get drunk and are idiots for like four days uh, and that's kind of like our vacation but like this year we all signed the cup and <laughs> everyone yeah. who was a part of it uh it was uh it was great we yeah that's not gonna stand we play back home again in Indiana while we put <laughs> the cup back and so the cup stays on his head until we get down to the Indianapolis five hundred and then the next year yeah and then we take it off for the first day for like an hour yeah and then we all chug a beer and then slam a new cup that we sign on his head <laughs> while playing back home again in indiana it's a really weird thing that we were like this is very specific but this is how we're gonna do it and uh we just we've done it for the past uh couple of years uh dude i'm i'm down with the ritual man <laughs> Yeah. Hey, the moon pies need to go to the Indy 500. You guys would kill it there. Yeah, I would, I would love to do that. Man. Perform on top of an RV. You know. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Sign me up, man. That's right up my alley. <laughs> do you do you guys have like a pre uh, pre show ritual or anything? Uh, not really. Uh, we try to all drink the same amount <laughs> before. <laughs> what's what's your go to? Like, what are you drinking before a show, and what are you drinking after a show? Is it the same thing? Um, it's I definitely like tequila before the show yes. i kind of drink i like i like i like tequila all the time um after the show man it's kind of anything goes dude like i it's <laughs> i'm always like thinking about what i'm drinking before a show so i try to like keep it somewhat in a route there's a there's a perfect spot okay 
where it's right. like three beers and two tequilas or something like that. I mean, those numbers I'm just coming up with, but mm-hmm. there's a perfect spot there where you can get. So I'm always trying to maneuver my way through a pre-show drink. Um, but then after, dude, you get your adrenaline going and you'll just, you know, you start whatever it is, you know, you end up taking random shots with whatever. If somebody wants to buy me a drink, buy me a shot after a show, I usually let them pick whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like I'll drink any, anything, which now that I mention things in songs like Fernet or silver tequila, you know, it's usually about three things that I know they're going to choose because it's us. <laughs> I'm I'm glad it was silver. I can't drink gold tequila. No, uh, <laughs> I can't drink gold. Um, what's the other one? The just what tequila? Yeah, isn't there re- res- reposado? Reposado. Yeah. Is reposado and yeah, that one's very smooth. I feel like for shots, I I prefer the silver. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can't drink. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't do reposado for the. But um, what do you drink beer? Uh yeah I I. I'd switch between Miller and Coors, um, light beers. <laughs> yeah, we used to drink Lone Star here in Texas all the time, dude. But now I, I look at a Lone Star Red Heavy, and I just can't, can't oh, do it, man. Like, yeah, I just drink. I drink. Uh, I used to only drink Miller Light because my dad drank Miller Light, and I was like a Miller Light guy. And then a couple of guys like Catlin and Zach and the band joined the band, and they they were strictly Coors. So it got easier to put in a rider you know, a case of Coors Light than it was like a case of Miller, you know, which now we kind of do whatever we want. But uh, for that time period, it was like, uh, we'll just drink Coors Light. (laughs) Yeah. Have you, uh, uh, an artist we were talking to um, showed us this. Have you ever had a Miller with a lime? I've never had a Miller Light with a lime. That I could probably do that though. I might try that. It's a game changer for sure. For sure. It's incredible. Well, I might do that right after this is over. <laughs> <laughs> you got your tequila and lime, and you got a Miller yeah. and lime. Yeah, lime and lime and anything, man. It all works out. Yeah, high uh, school. I used to always high school. Well, in high school, I would steal Miller lights from my parents. So by the time I was twenty-one, I only drank Coors <laughs> uh, because I was like, I don't even want to look at a Miller light. I made so many bad decisions on Miller light that I was like, no, like. Uh, but now I'm back on Miller light. I can't even drink a Coors. So. Yeah, I'm still switching back and forth. What I've been drinking lately, sorry, I've been drinking uh, White Claw on ice, dude. Just like it's so it's so hot here. Okay, it's really hot here. So White Claw on ice seems to be the most refreshing thing I can drink during the day. That and like a ranch water, tequila. So oh, ranch waters. Oh, oh my yeah. god, ranch waters yeah. are life. Yeah, they I, are. I I wish I lived in Texas just so I knew I could get ranch waters anywhere. Well, and I just recently had uh, White Claw on ice like two weeks ago because I had never thought to. I was just like, oh, I got to drink this warm. We were like outside and I was like, we just loaded them into the cooler. I was like, I got to drink this warm. And then I was like, someone was like, just put it on ice. And I was like, I've never, ever thought that that was even an option (laughs) to do that. Like you just like opened my mind to like so many possibilities. (laughs) It's great, man. I like I'll do a uh I'll drink I'll make a vodka Red Bull, let's say I'll start with a vodka Red Bull and like a Yeti cup. And then I'll get down to the bottom of that where there's a little bit of vodka Red Bull on the bottom and I'll just pour a black cherry white claw on top of it. Man. We're so right. refreshing. I have to start doing it. I love some vodka Red Bulls. So. There you, you go, man. Anything. I do. I, I like anything that's open, you know, like <laughs> or already poured. 
<laughs> within reaching distance. Yeah, yeah just like. <laughs> um, so who uh, who of the band has the best, um, I guess, longevity when it comes to drinking? Mm, man, uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't Who's, know. All right, better question. <laughs> who who thinks they have longevity? Um, probably Omar. I would Omar. say the bass player. I don't know. He can he can drink. Too. I mean, he's the the reason I say that he's like the youngest guy, so he's the newest. Now our drummer is new, but he's got a he can drink some beer. That dude can put down some beer. He's a yeah. little guy. He's smaller than me almost, and he can put down some beer. Um, but I would say that since Omar's the youngest, he's had the least amount of practice. <laughs> I mean, we're all pretty. We're pretty veterans. You know, we're all pretty veterans of it. I I believe it. What happens at like a frat house when um like there's an incoming freshman and they have to do something to to join the frat? Like what's that? Hazing? Hate? No, not hazing. No, no I'm like that's illegal. <laughs> not hazing. Uh, like like, uh, like pledging or something. Oh, like that. pledging. Yeah, like I feel like when there's new moon pies, um, they have to eat a moon pie and then maybe like shotgun a beer all I mean, in, all within a minute. There's definitely like when there's a new guy, which we, there's only really ever been two new guys. Right. right, um, right. But there's definitely like that first weekend is we go extra hard just to see how it's all going to play out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we got a rookie. We got to see if they got to find out. We got to find out who they really are. <laughs> um. Okay. So we talked about Chicago. We talked about drinking. Have you ever had a shot of Malort? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I've played in, I've, dude. <laughs> We were in Wisconsin Dells for eight days, and uh, they those guys. I love those guys there, but they tried to give us everything they could throw at us. You know what I mean? It was it, we did Malort for the first time. I met a guy with a Malort tattoo. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, that's who turned that's who turned me on to Fernet. Actually, was in the in the in the Dells. They turned me on to Fernet. Um, I mean, they tried everything, and we drank it all. Uh, what's a little like? It's a little thing in a paper. It's like a little bitty bottle, but it's got like a paper brown paper. Oh, the shooters. Uh, yeah, yeah, those things. We did a bunch of oh, those. Man. Yeah, shooters are shooters are dangerous. Um, Malort tastes like pickles and wet socks in a jar. <laughs> yeah, for my opinion, there was definitely like a aspect of like some sort of cleaning supplies. In it. <laughs> oh, oh, I that's the other thing. So the other day we cracked open a bottle of Malort, and um, everybody fainted. Yeah, everyone was like, <laughs> uh, "It's like mixing um, what is it, bleach and ammonia together?" <laughs> yeah, but we. <laughs> that probably tastes better than more to me. We, um, only for a little bit and then you lose consciousness and then there so we opened that up and i was like why do i know that smell and then i opened up the clorox wipes and it's the exact <laughs> same smell so next time you're like around like be like give me a second and anyone got clorox wipes like try it because i mean, don't drink it <laughs> but like just smell it next to each other because they are the exact same smell all right i'll i'll, I'll do the pepsi challenge on that yeah <laughs> Um, sp speaking of clean, watch this transition. Uh, you guys, <laughs> you guys might be the cleanest dressed band group we've ever talked to. And I'm speaking specifically of like your Spotify cover album photo. I'm gonna. There's a lot of stuttering. I'm gonna give that a seven out of ten. For <laughs> I mean, but yeah. like, look, like, like. No, I know. I'm talking about your transition. I can't talk. <laughs> um, I shouldn't be hosting a podcast. <laughs> um. But where did you get all these clothes? Because I would like to know <laughs> selfishly, and also your your sunglasses. I don't know what they're called or what brand, but like the rec 
rectangular big yeah. ones. I'm obsessed. So where can I get those? Okay, so the shirts and stuff like that, like I do a lot of Etsy surfing, okay? Like okay. A, a, a lot of eBay, Etsy resale stuff. I found a website recently called Rusty Zipper. They have a lot of awesome, like Ooh. those kind of like brush popper shirts are kind of coming hot again right now, like the one I'm okay. wearing. So you can find a bunch of stuff like that there. Uh, my Rusty. jeans, I have my jeans custom tailored. Uh, my wife does a lot of my tailoring here on those jeans too. And uh, the sunglasses are Ray-Ban Wings 2. Ray-Ban so Wings 2? Yeah, there's two types of wings. There's Ray-Ban Wings, and then there's Ray-Ban Wings 2. The two are the ones that are like the rectangle ones. I do. Gotcha. Okay. All right, all right, so two days ago, we had the day off, and we went to a Rangers game, and I thought that I lost those. The, I woke up the next morning, and I thought, man, I've lost those glasses. And I've been wearing those glasses like in everything – for a year and a half maybe and like i searched all over the sprinter for them and in the hotel room and i couldn't find them so i i finally ordered a brand new pair and five minutes later dude i found those glasses so now i have two pairs oh hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) um that's awesome all right well if you see us at smoke out and we're wearing the same exact thing as you are don't be mad at it no that's cool man that's cool. My, my, my tour managers, the first time that I had it, my tour, my tour managers like, man, I got to get me a pair of those glasses. Like the hell you will, dude. This is <laughs> you just, you need to make like a not counterfeit, but pretty much counterfeit and then sell them on your shop. That's a great idea. I'll just like, I'll just have a whole uh, wardrobe made that you can buy. It's like, uh, you can buy like the Parker McCollum, like gold chain and, 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 cap, yeah, that's and right. yeah, I'll have the same idea with those shades. Exactly. I think it would be perfect, and I think you'd make millions. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I, I'd see if those hats aren't available, I'm gonna be so mad. Well, um, I, I know I, the I, one I want is, so I'm, I'm not worried yeah, about it. Yeah, I, I got a good feeling about it. I think you're gonna be satisfied. Okay, I trust you. I'll trust yeah. you. Okay. I trust you. If not, I might just come on stage and. <laughs> but not really, because then I'd get <laughs> murdered. <laughs> um, Mr. Mike, it's been amazing talking to you. Um, we are very much looking forward to seeing you at Smokeout. Um, oh, one more question. Can you tell me how like the way came about? Yeah. So we, uh, like I said, we had that Monday night gig at that place called the hole in the wall in Austin. And we did that for a really long time. And they had their 40 or 40 as 45th anniversary of that club. And they wanted to do a 45 split record with another band that also started at that club. And the other band that started at that club was the band fastball who originally cut that song. So we, I mean, I've, I used to love that song when it was, you know, when it was hot, you know, I remember that video very well. And like, I don't know, that was a big, that was a huge song. Uh, and I never thought that we would ever do that. Um, but we cut, we cut that song. And then another guy cut another song from somebody else that also came up. I can't remember that that backstory. So there's a really cool 45 split of uh, it's like the hole in the wall 45th anniversary. And it's got us doing that and this other guy doing another one. And then ever since then, the guys from Fastball have been hitting me up and trying to give me more. <laughs> like I've, I've been writing some songs or something like that. You know what I mean? And Fastball still tours and they they're making records. Uh, but he sends me all these songs and they're always like, uh, you know, drank whiskey. My wife left me, you know, just very bottom of the barrel 
Right, right. I guess, you know, whatever they assume that I would want to sing about or something like yeah. that. So we haven't cut any more fastball songs since that one. But The Way has been has been huge for us, man. I mean, it's like our, one of our top streaming songs. It plays on the radio here in Austin all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. You no, you guys um, absolutely kill it. And that's yeah. I, well, thanks, man. I, mean, I, I didn't expect it to, to come off the way that it did. I mean, I'm very happy with the, with the way it came out. But, I, you know, at first when we were first going to cut it, I was like, I don't know how this is going to make any sense. So I'm glad that it translated. It's I mean, that song and then all, like every single other of your songs, it's like listening to you guys. It's impossible to sit still. You know, it's like you gotta you gotta move somehow, some way to your music, and that's what I love about you guys. That's well, what I love about the Mike and the Moon Pies. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, that was our that was our job when we started was keeping a dance floor full. So, I guess we're still doing that. And uh, congratulations on your Opry, Opry debut. I'm probably gonna get the date wrong, but I think it's September sixth or 9th. Yeah, you nailed it. That's it. Oh my god, sixth. Yeah. Cut out the ninth part. Yeah, that's <laughs> sixth. Uh, yeah, congratulations. I know that's like a huge, huge thing for artists. So congratulations on that. And then the last thing I have is, can you, uh, the sign behind you, what is that? Because it looks old and vintage and it looks awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a sign from Gillies in Pasadena, which was Mickey Gillies Club, where they did uh, Urban Cowboy, where they filmed that movie. Um, oh, okay. It's uh, it's no longer there. Uh, I did, dude, I, that place is so legendary. I was telling somebody about it. I did like a a school book report on that club when, when I was in like fifth or sixth grade, man. I like, it's, it's always been like, you know, this like huge thing. And in, in to me, and we used to love the urban cowboy movie and I still do, but um, you know, it's a big, in, Gillies and that whole thing was a big influence on what, what we did when we started and what we do now. Awesome. That's, that, awesome. that's awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. Um, You can find Mike and the moon pies at Mike and the moon pies on instagram they'll be at smokeout august 4th um and yeah man thank you for your time yeah thanks for having me it was a good time man till next time yeah y'all be good